0: If you're feeling a bit worried that your baby's first words haven't come, or they haven't got many words yet, this is the episode for you. Hello, I'm Alex Tricolo. I'm a mum of three toddlers, aged one, two and three, and I'm a very passionate speech pathologist. I've helped countless children to learn their first words and speak more clearly, but most of all, I've given parents, like you, the peace of mind that their children are on the right path and that they have the tools to help them at home. I'm a very calm, positive person and since becoming a mum, I have sought out information, research and techniques that allow me to be firm and yet positive with my own kids. And mostly to feel more confident when I make decisions as a mama. But hey, I'm not positive every day. We do have our days and there'll be a good dose of reality thrown into every episode. So I have a little motto. If you don't know something, mama, learn. And that's what I'm delivering with this podcast information from other passionate mums who know the research and techniques of their field inside and out and can share that with you because to be honest who has time to do the research themselves and we all know dr google is not your friend unless you know the right questions welcome to the mama learn podcast hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss an episode This podcast is brought to you by my Club Trick membership, my super affordable membership program for mamas that gives you all the tips, strategies, vocab and activities to develop your baby's first 100 words and beyond. I have a very special deal just for you, my beautiful podcast listeners. Hop on over to www.alextricolo.com slash love to get your first month free in the club. Okay, mummers, today it is me, Alex Tricolo, chatting to you about first words, as in the first words that your baby speaks. Absolutely the number one question that I get is my baby isn't saying any or many words should I be concerned. I thought first I would take you through what we expect in terms of development and I know that many of you are probably going to tell me that children are all really different and that each child develops at their own rate and you just need to let kids develop the way they want to and I agree with you on this one and I know also that there is a very very wide range of development and a wide range of what we consider to be typical however there are red flags and I will talk about them a little bit later so that you do have an idea of whether you should be concerned uh so if we have a look at development what we know is that a child's receptive language tends to develop before their expressive language and what i mean by that is receptive language is what a child understands while expressive language is what a child uses and i'm sure if you have a baby or you've had a baby you have experienced this you know that even if your child isn't saying words they're probably understanding quite a lot of what happens in their day and a lot of the things that you say to them now there are some things that we expect in babies and some people get quite surprised that i talk about this but there are a lot of early communication skills that we expect in babies and Speech pathologists care about more than just speech and language. We care a lot about speech and language, but there, are, there is so much more to communication. And the more you get to know me, the more you listen to me, the more you will discover that how much more there really is. So as babies, we expect them to be interested in you, mums and dads, also grandparents. Mums tend to trump everybody because we tend to have higher pitches of voice and they've been, for the most part, inside us. So they have gotten used to our voice so much more than anyone else and used to our movements and uh, our manners and ways of doing things. So they should be interested in you, your voice and your face. They should be looking into your face, gazing into your eyes. We also want them to then start showing expression, getting excited and starting to also respond to some cues that you might give them that if you walk towards their bedroom, they might start to realize that they're going to bed. and. We want them to respond to you. So if you say their name or you say no, we want them to respond. It's not always going to be the response that we want. Uh, And by response, it doesn't have to be words that they respond with, but at least that they acknowledge that they heard you. At all ages, speech pathologists really want you to stay on top of your child's hearing skills. We really want you to make sure that your children are hearing you all the time. And the thing about hearing impairment is that often we see kids with hearing impairment who have a drop off of a certain frequency of sounds. So what that means is that they will actually be hearing some of the words and the sounds that you say, but not others. So it can be quite deceiving because they're pretty good at reading the cues, reading what sort of environment they're in and what you are doing and what your mouth is doing and the context of the sentence. You know, they take in so much and they're very good at masking if they've got hearing difficulties because they're just using everything they've got to try and understand. So really important to keep on top of hearing impairment. We also would love to hear babble. And I know this is something that a lot of other people get very concerned about. If you're not concerned about first words yet, you're probably concerned about babble. So we expect kids to be making noises between zero and six months with the emergence of some one-off babble. But we really expect them to be doing gurgling and cooing and gooing earlier on. And then following that up with things like squeals or raspberries and this is really that early stage of babies discovering that they can move parts of their mouth to make sound and often they get a response from that we say something or we get upset or we get excited for them when they make these noises so This is the first step in them discovering that sound can result in them getting something, a reaction, getting what they need perhaps. And eventually we want those noises to be more refined and to be shaped into words. And a really big part of that is babbling. I sort of talk about babbling in terms of it being like the crawling of the speech pathology world not all babies will crawl not all babies will babble the majority will babble and we do really like them to babble because babbling gives them the opportunity to practice those mouth movements and how differences in the mouth movements they make can change the sounds that are coming out of their mouth which is obviously really important for when They eventually can make words and they can make their words clearer and start to say sounds more accurately over time. So babble is really about practice. So we see two types of babble start to emerge. The first one is what we call canonical or reduplicated babbling. And this is the typical babble that everybody knows, the ba-ba-ba-ba-ma-ma-ma-ma-ga-ga-ga-da-da-da-da. And... It tends to be you know the same syllable said over and over again and then over time we see it become variegated or non-reduplicated and I love this stage because it truly sounds like your baby is speaking to you they have They they sound like they're asking questions and telling you a story or giving you a command or telling you something really important. But it's actually just a collection of sounds that they've put together, together with some really great intonation and doesn't yet have meaning. Over time, they'll start to refine and work out that they need to say actual words and that they need to link the intent that they have to the words that come out of their mouth so you know that really their intent earlier on is making a connection with you but over time they have more more complex intents things like needing a snack or or, um, wanting to play with a certain toy or getting upset that their sister is stealing all their toys which is really common in our house So we see that progression through babble. And then, of course, we do expect first words. So generally, we expect first words around 12 months. I'm going to be really vague on this one because some babies will develop their first words as early as sometimes six to eight months. But the majority is generally between 11 and 13 months when you really see those first words, and they are often mispronounced. They are a rough version of a word, but so long as they're saying it consistently and regularly, and it has meaning, and it's not that they're using the same word for everything, but they actually have distinct words for different things, then we can start counting these as words, even if they're mispronounced, because we expect those mispronunciations. By 18 months, I'm going to talk about two things. The first thing I'm gonna talk about is the milestone. The milestone is that we expect five to 20 words, but the average is 50 words. So take that in. If you have an 18 month old who is just scraping in, it's possible that you might want a few strategies to really boost your child along so that they can start to reach more towards the average. And the reason I say this is because by the age of two, We're expecting them to have over 100 words and to be combining two words. So that's pretty massive growth. If your child is 18 months and only has three or four words and we're hoping that they have 100 by the time they're two, that is a lot of words to develop in six months and many kids will have more than a hundred words. So that gives you an idea of the development. And I've really rushed through those words based development because I was a bit more concentrated on the baby development. Now I have three strategies that may seem really general, but these are the most powerful strategies that I can give you. The first strategy is play with your child this is sometimes easier said than done we want to make sure that we aren't dictating how the play will go that we aren't telling them how to play with a certain toy or a certain game and that we follow their interest and their lead and see where they go they might not want to stack blocks. They might enjoy lining them up or or examining them and seeing how they're different or banging them together and discovering that they make loud noises. And so it's your job as the parent to be the most amazing adder of language. <laughs> and what I mean by that is... See what they're interested in, see what they are doing in the play that they are engaging in and join in with them and add language to the experience. And that, that brings me to my second strategy. The second one is that I want you to prioritize adding language over asking questions. As parents we can get into a bit of a habit of consistently asking questions and if you do have a listen to people that speak to your baby you'll notice that they say things like what are you doing? How are you? Where are we going today? And these are great questions and babies need to hear questions. However what gets lost in that conversation is the answer to those questions. So it's really important that you really prioritize that your child needs, not just the questions, but also the answers to those questions. And in some cases it can be better just to discuss what you are doing, where you are going, what you are playing with, what that thing did, what you were playing with, you know, the blocks went crash, crash, adding so much repetition and getting so excited about in the moment and The key is adding language at exactly the right time. So if the blocks go crash, make sure you're saying crash at the time that they crash, not 10 minutes later when you're not playing with the blocks anymore. It's really important that your kids associate the experience and what they are doing and tie that language together with it. The more you repeat it, the more you play, the more you... Add language within those moments the stronger those connections are going to be in your baby's brain the third one I have links in as well and this one is get down on their level and I mean get right down your baby really needs to see your face and your facial expressions but also your mouth It's so important that they can see how your mouth is moving and to to, to attach that to words so that they see that when your mouth moves words come out and they have meaning and they add rich variety to our play and our conversation and our experiences so by getting down on their level I really do mean sitting down at the little table with them getting down on the mat All the way down on your tummy if you're not pregnant like I was for two of my kids. And really engage in play on their level. Not above them, not below them, but right face to face. So those are my three key strategies. Number one, play with your child. Play their way, following their interests. Number two, prioritize adding language over asking questions all day long. And number three, get down on their level. I'm going to give you one bonus strategy as well, and that one is eliminating background noise where you can. This means that if you like having the TV or the radio on for company, I would highly recommend that you switch it off, especially during times when you are speaking to your kids. It means two things. Number one, it means that your baby or toddler doesn't have to process your voice through all of this other noise, especially if they do have an unidentified hearing difficulty of some kind, but it gives their brain clarity, a really clear crisp message that you are saying to them without having to filter out any other noise. The other thing it means is that you don't have to speak over the top of noise, which is really important for your voice as a parent. And you aren't competing with that other noise if it's more interesting than things you are saying. So where you can switch off that TV, try not to even switch it on, especially if it is just background noise, If you are watching TV, that's different. But if you are just leaving it on for background noise, I highly recommend that you switch it off. I also wanted to mention a couple of red flags. I'm only going to mention a few, but if your child is regressing and seems to be losing skills rapidly, this is definitely a reason for a quick referral to a speech pathologist or even just to talk to your GP about it. If you notice anything to do with hearing adenoids and uh, anything to do with their tonsils, I highly recommend seeing an audiologist for hearing and an ENT for the tonsils and adenoids so that you can make sure that your child has the best opportunity to develop their speech and language skills. So There's a lot to consider when you're thinking about your baby's first words and it's a really exciting time but if your baby really isn't meeting those milestones and you're a bit worried just get in touch with me and I will point you in the right direction. Thanks for learning with me as always mamas. I hope you learned something really useful. Thank you so much for listening today. Did you learn something new, Mama? I would love for you to subscribe if you haven't already and rate and review while you're there. But while I've got you, I want to know who would you like to hear from or what topics do you want to know more about? Drop me a DM over on Instagram at Tricolo. Until next time, have a lovely week.